0: and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Hello, welcome to my very first episode. Um, This is so exciting. This is something that I've had um, in the works for a little while or kind of just stored in my brain, something that I've wanted to do. But yeah, time just got away from me and now I'm so excited to finally be launching. Uh, While I was pregnant, some of you may know, um, I used to have a podcast called The Wild Honey Podcast um, and that was chatting to experts about um, things, pregnancy women's hormones, health. So I am going to integrate some of those interviews in this new podcast. But yeah, the main objective of this podcast is to chat with women about their experiences, postpartum, their birth, and yeah, what we can really do to support new mamas. So I'm going to start this uh, series with my own story. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think. Oh, So this is very exciting, very nerve wracking. Um, What better way to kick my podcast off with an introduction from myself um, so you can get to know me a little bit better, know my own birth story and my own postpartum experience. And yeah, then I guess you can relate to me a little bit as I go on to chat to other women. So yeah, this is very exciting. I also hope that my voice doesn't become too much of a drag, so I'll try and keep my own story short and sweet. Um, so yeah, my name is Amy. My family involves, uh, sorry, in, consists of my partner, Jared, who is my fiance. We have been together for nine years um, and we have a daughter who is 14 months old at the moment. Um, her name is Ivy. So at the moment, I am I've had a year off work before I was, um, Before I had Ivy, I have always been really interested in running my own businesses and kind of the entrepreneur life, and so does my partner, Jared. He has his own business, Um, and I'm just so drawn to podcasting. I just love listening to podcasts. I also love chatting with women about their stories. I love chatting about women, their births, just everything postpartum hormones. I am all about it. That's definitely what I'm interested in. So when I fell pregnant with Ivy, I was very excited. I actually think probably about six months to a year before I fell pregnant, I became so obsessed with, yeah, everyone's birth stories. Um, I used to have a little beauty business from home and I would just love talking to women about their birth experiences and how they coped postpartum. So when I fell pregnant myself, I was so excited to experience experience it and have my own story. Um, So my pregnancy itself was pretty straightforward for the most part. Um, I had a little bit of the, uh, I think it's called the pelvic girdle pain. Is that what it's called? Um, I had a little bit of that, I think around 20 weeks, I found it quite hard to go for walks. I used to just get up every morning and go for a walk. And I found that, yeah, around the 20 week mark, I was just going to getting these like really sharp pains in my lower belly. And I'd pretty much just have to like pull off the side of the path and kind of wait for the pain to pass. So I got a belly band. Um, I just really tried to take it easy from the that point onwards um closer to ivy being due i was my birth plan originally was to birth um without any drugs or medication i just i felt that women, um, I felt so inspired by women who were able to do it naturally and drug free. And I just, I really felt that that was something that I wanted to give a go myself for a bit. Um, I think that I'm pretty good with pain tolerance. So I thought that I would be okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so I was booked into uh, birth at the family birth center here in Perth, um, So I would have my appointments with a midwife and we would check over bub every couple of, uh, I can't even remember how often my appointments were. Um, I think towards the end, it was every couple of weeks. And I went in one day to do the routine blood test and I think I was getting immunized as well and my blood pressure was quite high. And I thought that it might have been high because I had a weak coffee in the morning and it was the first time I had actually had a coffee, I think my whole pregnancy. And sitting there and my blood pressure being high, I was like, oh God, it's because I've had this bloody coffee, isn't it? Anyway, we did it three times. So that was the routine amount of times. And each time it just remained high. So my midwife said, look, I'm sure it's nothing, but let's send you over to the main hospital, which was King Edward. Um, and they're just going to monitor you for an hour or so and just see if your blood pressure comes down. Um, and if not, we will have to do some further tests. Um, yeah, etc. Check how bub's going. Um, I'm sure it'll all be fine. She said, so yeah, she sends me on my way. Um, I think the most inconvenient part was that I had parked and I was just so stressed about getting a parking ticket. So, and she said I'd be an hour. So I was like, surely I'll be okay. Anyway, I went over and I sat there and, um, you know, hospitals like you always end up being there way longer than what you expect to be. So I think I was there for half the afternoon. Um, My blood pressure was monitored and it remained quite high for the rest of like the testing. Um, I had also been told that my baby was um, in the right position. Every time I had a check, yep, head down, she's looking good, measuring well, everything seemed really great. Um, then when I went over to the main hospital, they did a ultrasound. And when they did the ultrasound, um, the lady was like, Ooh, naughty baby. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? Naughty baby (laughs) for one who says that? Um, Anyway, she was like, oh, baby is a breech. And I was like, what do you mean baby's breech? And she's like, yeah, and baby looks really big. And I was like, what? I just thought everything was like normal and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're even supposed to say anything like that to you. But honestly, being my first baby, I just freaked out. I was like, what am I even going to do? She's breech how am I going to turn her? I thought that I was doing everything right. I thought that I was really educated and knowledgeable. Like I had been doing exercises and stuff that I thought that, yeah, I had been told that she was head down. So I really didn't feel that I had any reason to believe not to. And yeah, what I thought was her head turns out was her butt. Um, But yeah, anyway, so when I after I'd had that the doctor came in to see me and as my blood pressure had remained high he confirmed that I had the early stages of preeclampsia and that I would no longer be able to birth at the family birth center so he also said that with preeclampsia there's a high chance that I would be induced as well, because they would monitor me and they wouldn't let me go too far if my blood pressure remained high because it was going to be dangerous for me. Um, so obviously I was really upset. Um, just I, everything that I had planned and worked towards for nine months, it felt like had just been shattered. Oh yeah. By this point I was 37 weeks, no 36 weeks at this point. Um, yeah, I was just so upset because I spent a lot of time really educating myself on what was going to happen. And in the space of just a moment, it felt like that was just all ripped from underneath me. And then after having the ultrasound and finding out that she was breech, um, that was just another element. I was like, what? I'm going to be induced. And I think the reason I was so worried about being induced was because I'd heard that if you are induced, it can then lead to a no- number of other medical interventions that you might not want or, you know, so that's what I was really upset by. I was like, Oh, I'm just, it just in my head felt like it was all going to be such a mess. And I walked out of the hospital and I just couldn't stop crying. I just called Jared and I just was such a mess. The walk, I think people walked past me and they were like, what is this pregnant girl crying on the side of the road? (laughs) Anyway, I was so upset, but after chatting with Jared, he was like, you know what? It's fine. Whatever happens, it's going to be okay. And I just, I really needed that grounding influence in that moment. And I am so grateful that he was able to ground me and to, yeah, help me see that it was still going to be okay. At the end of the day, what you get is a baby at the end of it. And you know, you do want your birth to be amazing and everything that you, yeah, plan for, but so many people that i've spoken to it's just it's just not the way and yeah i guess that this is kind of why this podcast has come about as well because i i put so much emphasis in the birth that i was like oh wait a minute yeah it's actually the baby that you get at the end that is like the great part so i just had to kind of squash my expectations and kind of just go with the flow a little bit which is what i did i um i had booked in to have an ecv to try and turn bubs um so i could still try for a natural or a vaginal delivery um so yeah i went in a couple of days later and had that and it was unsuccessful they had they thought that her foot might be lodged kind of um in my pelvis area so they kind of just thought yeah that was what was happening and she just wasn't um turning so then the next steps were i could wait to see if she would turn naturally on her own or book in for a c-section but I also had the looming preeclampsia that was also something that we were monitoring so the preeclampsia what happened was I would go in and it was actually crazy I would I just every day got more and more puffy in the face like my face was just oh just everywhere actually I have photos of my ankles and my toes and they just like Full sausage toes. It's crazy. I just... Oh, it's so, it's like funny to look back at now, but I just did not feel myself. I just felt like I couldn't even catch up with friends. I don't know if you get this when you're like, if I don't know, now I kind of get it if I've like eaten like heaps of hot chips or something, but like you just feel like you, when you talk or whatever, your face just like just doesn't feel right. <laughs> anyway, that was me. Uh, they were trying to get me as close to 38 weeks as possible with bubs as well. Um, it, Got to a point where I went in and I was really struggling to pee. So I would get up in the morning, drink water, do my normal whatever, go into the hospital and then I'd have to pee in a cup so they could check my protein levels. And honestly, I would be able to get like three drops out. I felt embarrassed handing over the pee cup because I was like, how are you guys even going to test this? There's like nothing even in here. And, yeah, they were starting to get a bit worried that, yeah, my organs weren't functioning like they should. I had a doctor come in and she was so great and she kind of sat with me and was just like, honey, I think let's get this baby out. You are just not getting any better. It's, yeah, each day is just, yeah, I'm just, I'm not presenting great. And they had uh, measured Ivy, and she was yeah, looking at good weight and stuff. So they, they were pretty confident that it would be okay any day to get her out. So they gave me the option. They were like, should we do it today? And I was so taken back because in my head, I was like today, how can it be today? Like what the hell? Wasn't ready at all. I kind of like, it was like, I think it was a Sunday that this happened and I hadn't washed my hair. I just felt gross. You know, when you just, there's just so many things that you want to do to just feel good and having It sprung on you like that. Anyway, she gave me the option. She said, do you want to do it today or do you want to go home and rest and come in first thing in the morning? And I thought this is great. I'm going to go home, have a shower, scrub myself, pack my bags, feel fresh and come back in the morning and we will get it done. So yeah, I said, I would love to come in tomorrow. Um, And yeah, she agreed with that. So we went home. I took it real easy, didn't do anything, washed, well, besides washing my hair and exfoliating and the usual things, packed my bags. We went back in the next morning thinking this is the day, had our bags and everything packed. And there was a different doctor on and he said, uh, well, you haven't gotten any worse from yesterday. So you're okay. Go home, and we'll see you tomorrow. At this point, I was on daily checks for the preeclampsia, and it was just really deflating because we had expected that today was the day. Um, my mum lives in Albany, and she had she was like, "I'll go home, and then I'll come back." Um, yeah, it was all just yeah, so, just so so all over the place. So then every day from there, we thought, okay, today's the day. Um, anyway each day there was a different doctor on and they would just say, oh, we've looked at your notes and you're still stable. You're not getting worse. So let's just keep going. We'll try and get you as close to 38 weeks, which was going to be on the Thursday. And I don't know if this is lame, but I kind of was excited to have her on the Thursday because her birth date would have been four, three, two, one. (laughs) So the 4th of March 21. And I was like, that's such a cool date." Anyway, that's lame. Anyway. Um, so the Monday night we went home and just as usual, uh, they kept telling me that I had to monitor my, um, preeclampsia symptoms. So one of the big ones was if I got a headache, uh, I had to come back in because yeah, that was a really worrying symptom to have. Um, Anyway, Monday night, I woke up at about 3am and yeah, I had a headache, but I'd also really struggled to sleep that night as it was just being so uncomfortable and yeah, just the frequent need to urinate and just tossing and turning. And I kind of thought that maybe I just had the headache from... The not being able to sleep. So I hopped up and I went to sleep in the spare room for a bit just so I wasn't tossing and turning and waking Jared up. And I waited there for an hour and I just felt like I just couldn't sleep still. So it got to 4 a.m. and I went into Jared and I said, Hey, I've got a bit of a headache. I don't think it's anything bad, but yeah. And he was just like, no, they said, if you have a headache, let's go in, we'll pack our bags, we'll go in. So we packed up bags, well, our bags were packed, but we just got in the car, we called them, went in and oh, I just got in there and I felt like the midwife who was on just wasn't stoked with anything. <laughs> and she did my did all the tests and stuff and she was like, your blood pressure is high, but it's not anything to worry about. Um, just yeah, rest will discharge you. Um, we'll just, I'll wait till the doctor comes, but it's likely that you're going to be going home today again. And yeah, I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, But I don't know, yeah, then I just felt like I had been overreacting and it's just so hard in those hospital situations because it's not like you want to go in and waste anyone's time but you don't want to do the wrong thing and you don't want to stay home longer than you should. So, yeah, I. anyway, the doctor came. To check on me, and she did my blood pressure again. And in that moment, my blood pressure had gotten significantly higher. The highest it had been the whole time. And it was the doctor that was actually on the day that she wanted to do the C-section that day. And she just came in and looked at me and was like, Honey, you do not look great. Let's get this baby out. And we were like, Oh my god, yes, today it's gonna be today. Um, but also we still weren't prepared because I guess that was like our little taster. It's how most people have babies. They are just, you don't know when it's going to happen, when you're going to go into labor, how long for. So I guess that was my little taste of that with it being kind of semi-controlled. So um, yeah, we got ready. We, yeah, got all, all done up. Um, yeah, and ended up going in at one P she came out at 1 26 PM. And before that they, yeah, wheeled me down. It's just such a nerve wracking experience. I was so terrified of having a cesarean because I just, I think the idea of having a spinal block in my spine, a needle in the spine just terrified me like who, Wants that to happen to them, <laughs> um, and that's the thing I was so scared of. And you get in there, and the anethosis are so great, and they make jokes, and they make you feel comfortable, and they, yeah, they were amazing. So. Went in there and um I don't know if anyone's explained a spinal block to you before or if you've had one, then maybe this is your experience. But I remember sitting there and just they were like, We're gonna put some local in first and it might be a tiny sting, and I'm sitting there like leant over this bolster thing and I could hardly feel it. It was the tiniest little, tiniest nothing. I'd been having blood tests and stuff, and they were worse than this spinal block. And then they said to me that um, they would quickly lay me down um, because obviously my legs and stuff would start to go numb, and I might feel a warming sensation. But being so kind of anxious and stressed about what was happening, I'd kind of forgotten that they'd said that. And I'm sitting there. And I literally thought someone had turned a heater on at my feet. It just felt like this hot warmth from a heater just coming up my legs. And I was like, this is actually quite nice. And they laid me down and I really felt kind of at ease and relaxed. Like it just felt like a warm hug to my body. (laughs) And yeah, I think that from then I was like, wow, that was not as bad as I expected. I was still quite nervous about what was going to still come ahead of me. And I don't know, I think it might've been a little bit of the, yeah, the drugs or whatever, but I was quite shaky, but then I was shaky before I had it because just such an adrenaline of what was about to happen. My jaw was chattery and I was just trying to stay calm. And yeah, because I'd had a birth plan, I wanted to play I wanted to have a calming birth. I wanted, I'd made a birthing playlist. I had all that ready to go. I wanted to do delayed cord clamping, all of that. And I kind of had lowered my expectations and just thought whatever happens will happen. Um, I'm so thankful for Jared in that moment because he was so adamant about getting my birth playlist played, (laughs) Um, asking everyone in theater. And it just, they were just, everyone was so busy. It was such a busy day that It just didn't really happen, but he managed to just put it on my phone and he just put my phone next to my ear and it was so nice having just some calming music while everything was going on and just such a crazy feeling like – the lady, the anaesthetist who was sitting with me up near my head would start with a piece of ice and she was like, this is going to feel freezing up here around your face and then it's going to get cold and then nothing. So let me know when you feel that. And so she's running it down my body and I was like, freezing, freezing, cold and nothing. such a crazy feeling. <laughs> um, and then I'm just laying there waiting to feel something in my stomach. And then she says, oh, yeah, so they're they're already in. They've opened you up kind of thing. And I was like, what? How did that even happen? And then because Ivy was kind of so like lodged up, I don't know, I think she was quite high. When I look at pictures of my belly now, it looks like she was sitting quite high up. I could feel them just pressing hard down into my tummy to get her out. Such a surreal experience. And I just was trying to just focus on just, I don't even know. I was just kind of laying there with my eyes closed, just like, what is happening right now? This is so crazy. Like when you're in the moment, it's just so hard to just think, think anything else than just, let's just get this done. And then they pulled out Ivy and they were like, here she is. And they held her up and they had the tarp, the tarp was up from the C-section and they were like, here's your baby. And I just couldn't really see, but I just, I just was like, okay, like great. (laughs) And then Jared was like, can you see Ames? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, I don't think you can even see her from there. Um, And yeah, anyway, I was like, in my head, I was like, I'll see her eventually. Like, I just feel so overwhelmed in this situation. Like just let them sew up my tummy. Like this is all just too much. And then they came and wrapped her around my neck. And I was like, I have a little baby scarf. I still just couldn't even see what she looked like. It was just crazy. Um, so from there, uh, yeah, they took her out and I had her wrapped around me and then they, what did they do next? I, they wheeled me into recovery. And I had her on me the whole time, which was so great. I was so thankful that I got to do that skin to skin and, uh, yeah, like have that moment with her. I'm so glad because she was born at 37 weeks and five days in the end. Um, and I'm just so thankful that she was strong and she was able to stay on me. We went into recovery, and the midwife uh put her on my boob and I she just latched straight away. Everyone was so shocked. They just were like, wow, she is really latching, sucking, um, nothing of my own merit. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. They just put her on and she just she was such a champion and just knew what to do. So I feel really grateful and lucky that that was my experience from the start with breastfeeding. I had to wait in recovery until my blood pressure came down. It was quite high still. So they had given me blood pressure lowering medication and uh, I'm so bad with the numbers but it was around 75 okay sorry no I've just gone and dug up my papers so I can try and give a bit more of an accurate uh like rundown of what happened. So yeah I don't have the exact numbers from when I was in recovery but I know that the first number I was sitting at with my blood pressure was around 175 and they wanted to bring it down to that number being about 150 before they would let me go into the ward. So uh, yeah we got it down to 150 with some medication and Uh, for about the last half an hour they had taken Jared and Ivy up and up to the ward uh, and I was just down with the midwives just waiting for my blood pressure to lower Uh, then once it had gotten to around 150 we I was wheeled up to the ward uh, and yeah that was really great that was a really great couple of hours I sat with Jared and Ivy we took so many photos Uh, we Skyped my mom Um, yeah it was really great and I kind of thought this is so great now being a public hospital Jared had to leave and I think he was able to stay till around eight but because we had such a big day getting up at 4 a.m and just everything. He was so exhausted and I was exhausted. And I just said to him, just go home and have a good night's sleep and just come back first thing in the morning. So yeah, he was really happy to do that. And I was happy just to kind of lay around. Um, Ivy was sleeping as well. So everything felt really good. Um, Anyway, he went and Uh, the nurses were coming in and out and checking on me. One, uh, midwife came in and said, do I want to have a shower? I could get up and have a shower now, or otherwise we could do it first thing in the morning. And yeah, I was so exhausted. I just said, I'm totally fine to just do it in the morning. Um, I was getting feeling back in my legs and stuff, but I was happy just to try and sleep and just lay for as long as I could. Um, they did another blood pressure check on me and my blood pressure had gone up quite high-ish I guess again and they did my blood pressure check and as she's doing it she's saying to me how are you feeling right now do you have a headache are you okay and I was like yeah I feel fine and she's like it's just a bit high I'm just gonna run and grab someone else for a minute so I was like okay and she comes back with another doctor and actually she came back with three three other people came in the room and it was quite a small room. So having four or so people in there at that time, it did feel quite crowded. And just the look on everyone's faces, everyone looked a bit frantic. And the, well, actually the doctor was okay at first. They gave me some medication and the doctor was just chatting away to me, asking how everything was, asking about Ivy. And then yeah they gave me medication they're like it, your blood pressure should be lowered in the next 10 minutes so 10 minutes comes and goes and uh yeah then it had gotten higher so they were like i remember her saying oh it's going up and the doctor said okay well give her the same medication again, so they gave me the same thing again, and then they all started looking quite frantic, and she was like, it's still going up, and then one lady came up right into my face and was like, how are you feeling? Do you feel okay? Can you see... And I just felt so overwhelmed at this point that I think that I felt okay, but because everyone was in my face and asking me, I felt like I shouldn't be okay, judging by everyone's body language, that I kind of just started getting quite upset. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I don't feel okay. And I did start to feel a little bit dizzy and one midwife was like, it's okay, honey, you're going to be okay. It's totally fine. We're just going to wheel you down to um, the ICU area where we're going to be able to put you on an IV and everything's going to be okay. What's your partner's phone number? We're just going to give him a call. Just let him know that he can come back in. And the way she's saying this, they, they're they literally wheeling me at the same time. I don't even know where well, – what I think someone was wheeling Ivy as well. I, she was coming with me. But it was just – it all just happened so fast and just looking at – I just will never forget their body language and how they were all hurrying around me. That to me was more frightening than how I actually felt. And we got – and because I had read so much and listened to so many podcasts, I was such a fan of Australian birth stories before I gave birth that I had heard of preeclampsia and I had heard that the magnesium drip – was maybe one of the last things that you could do if this was happening. Um, Please someone correct me if I'm wrong with this, but that was my understanding of it. And they were all talking about this magnesium drip and I had heard that it was awful. So I just felt so nervous that this was happening, but it was all happening so fast as well. And I got there, they put the no, they gave. I think they might have given me something else first because I remember seeing the doctor standing off in the corner and. Someone saying to her, it's still not lowering. And I've got it here uh, on my paper. It says that it got to, um, it's called hypertensive crisis is what I went through. And it got to, my blood pressure was 190 over 100. Um, I was transferred to ASCU. And yeah, from there, it was all such a blur. I think once I was on the magnesium drip, it was actually so much better than I expected as well. It felt just like warmth going through my body and it actually lowered my blood pressure. So everyone relaxed around me. And then I felt like I could relax as well. And maybe I was just feeling better at the same time. Um, Thank God, Ivy was so great through all of this. And I'm really so thankful that it sounds horrible, but I'm happy that it was me and not her. I would be so stressed if she was going through anything like this. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, But yeah, I just, I tried to sleep. I had these beautiful midwives. Midwives are just the best. (laughs) And they, they, when Ivy would wake, they would take her and cuddle her and sing songs to her. And it was as much of as much as this probably sounds like a traumatic experience, it really, the care that I had, I just didn't feel that it was. I felt really looked after. And besides seeing everyone's body language and how they reacted to what was going on, um, I actually did feel very looked after. And I'm so thankful that the magnesium drip worked. (laughs) So, yeah, and and I stayed in the ICU area, I think maybe... I was on the magnesium drip for 24 hours. I think that's what you you're on it for, and I think I yeah because it all happened. All of this kind of kicked off around 9:30 nine 30 ish at night. Um, oh yeah. And we couldn't get through to Jared. He'd gone home and just gone to sleep and always sleeps with his phone on silence. And because he was so exhausted, he just slept through all the calls. (laughs) So yeah, he got a bit of a shock when he woke up the next morning and I was like, well, last night was pretty hectic. Um, but yeah, he came straight down and he spent the rest of the time with me, um, in the ICU area. Um, which was good I yeah I loved having him there and I loved having um, because it was around yeah COVID times we weren't allowed to have too many visitors it was just one person at a time um, Jared was always allowed to stay which was great um, and yeah I just had my mum visit and then I was yeah I had my first shower oh my god that was hectic having a cesarean, I don't know if this is what it feels like with a vaginal birth, but because I had been linked well, maybe it's because I had all the crazy things happen as well. But when I had stopped the magnesium drip, they, uh, a midwife came by to help shower me. And it was probably like a five meter walk to the shower and oh my god it was just I needed support when we got to the shower I had to sit down and having someone else bathe you is just such uh such a time and even just she left me alone to just brush my teeth at the end and I just felt so off like just looking at I don't know if you feel this one when you've gone through something so crazy you just look at yourself and you're like wow 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 (laughs) wow Also, one crazy thing, when I got when I was then let out of ICU, I went to a normal ward and when Jared would go home for the night each night, I was like, what do I do with my baby when I need to go to the toilet? This was something that I'd literally never thought of. Like if she was upset I couldn't just leave her there out in the room while I peed. So does everyone do this? But I just took her to the toilet with me. I felt like it was the only way around it. I was like, wow, I don't think anyone's ever said this to me before. Maybe no one else does it and maybe it's just something that I did. But um, yeah, that's kind of what a real bizarre thought that came to me. Um, But anyway, yeah, I went to the ward and I stayed in hospital for a week, which I actually loved. Do people like staying in the hospital? I personally loved it. I love the little menus that you get and you get to choose what you want to eat um, for every meal. And oh, it was just so great. I also just love being looked after. I loved having the midwives in too. they had to obviously check my blood pressure all the time. So they were coming in Oh, and I also had something else go on with my liver. I think I had to have blood tests every six hours. So my arms were just wrecked by the end of it. It literally looked like I had pinpricks and my wound healing ability was just bloody gone. So I had massive bruises all up my arms. I looked like such a mess. I I was itchy from something, maybe the tape or something that they had used, but everywhere that there was tape, I had rashes. Um, I was just such a mess. My blood levels were just horrendous. I had a friend come visit me maybe on day five or so and everything was going well the midwife I had came in to do my usual blood pressure check and she's as she's doing the check my friend was talking to Jared at the time and she's doing the check and she's just I could just feel something was off the way she was acting and she goes oh um I just think, I think this machine's not working very well. I'm just going to go get another machine. And I was like, oh, okay. Why is that? And she's like, oh, it's just coming up that your blood pressure is quite high, but I'm just going to get another machine to check. And I was like, okay. And she walks out and I just had this rush of feeling that, I did feel just a bit worried that what I had experienced a few nights earlier was about to happen again. And she comes back in with a different machine and does it again and she's like, oh, okay. Uh yes, it is quite high. Um, I'm just gonna go get a doctor. And I was like, what what is it? And she's like, it's 194. And I was like, oh, my God, that is think. I think that is the highest it's actually been. And the doctor comes in and he comes in with two other guys and straight away the doctor was like, we're just going to get you ready just in case we have to take you down um, to the ICU area again. Like worst case is we'll have to do the magnesium drip for another 24 hours. And, oh, my God, I just had this, like, rush of emotion and I just, like, had tears in my eyes and couldn't help but cry. My f- poor friend was like, oh, I'm just going to go, guys. Like, Ames, are you okay? Like, I, I I think there's just a lot going on right now. I'm just going to head off, okay? Um, yeah, so it was just crazy. They, luckily, they were able to give me stronger medication this time because, I wasn't pregnant anymore. Um, I'm not sure what the reason was because I wasn't pregnant the first time, but I don't know what they did. But thank God they got it down, and I'm so thankful that I did not have to go back on the magnesium drip. But it did push my um, me getting out of hospital book. Hospital book. What the hell? I can't even say hospital. It pushed that back a few days, um, which, you know what I was totally all about because I was loving having sandwiches made for me every day. Um, yeah, so I was in hospital for seven days in total. And when I got out, I was so thankful. My mum is from, she lives in Albany, uh, which is a five hour drive from Perth. But she came up to Perth and she was happy. She took long service leave from her job and had um, the whole six weeks. Actually, I think it might have been seven or eight weeks in total. She stayed with us, which was really great. Um, and made us all of our meals and cleaned and did everything just so we could really just soak up the newborn phase. Um, which yeah, I'm so grateful for. It was just such, we're just so lucky that we had that available to us. I was a bit worried at the start. I thought that maybe it would feel crowded, but I think that it just, yeah, I just, am so thankful that I could just sit and enjoy Ivy. Um, Jared, having his own business, he did have to go back to work because um, he did take quite a bit of time off when I was unwell and we were doing all the checkups at the hospital. So yeah, once Ivy was born and everything was under control and my mum was helping us, he he still had to go to work. Um, but yeah, the newborn phase, it does go so fast, even though when you're in it, it feels like it goes forever. And I just remember so many people, everyone tells you, like, just enjoy it. It goes so quick. And in the moment, you're like, personally, I was just like, shut up, everyone. It's just, (laughs) I'm tired. And, yeah, the sleep deprivation it just, yeah, it really hits you. You just kind of feel like you're in a daze all the time. But for me, it was actually okay because yeah, because I was so grateful and lucky to have my mom. I didn't feel like I needed the brain capacity to really do much anyway. It was just, yeah, the breastfeeding and um, yeah, I think one thing that I wasn't prepared for was just, yeah, just the breastfeeding and just I think you just kind of sit in this state of what the hell, like this is my life now. Like I'm always going to be, I'm always going to have someone who depends on me and I always have to be on, like I can't be sick. Like I can't, I don't know. You can, obviously you can, there are people who can help, but in my head that was just what I was thinking of in that moment. And that's what felt so crazy. I was like, if I want to plan anything, everything has to be so planned now and even the first few weeks when I'd go to appointments and stuff, I'm just such a like on the go chill kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm probably like an unorganized person. That's definitely what Jared would call me. Um, <laughs> but I would like, we had one of Ivy's checkups and I was like, oh yeah, like we won't really need anything. I will just, yeah, like Mum drove me there cause I couldn't drive after the C-section but I was like, oh yeah, we'll put her in, yeah, take her bag got there and they took all their clothes off to weigh her and um, it was fine but like I didn't bring any extra nappies and then like I just had to put the same nappy back on her and I was like wow I am just such an awful mum I can't believe I didn't think about nappies and I don't know does that just happen with you first are you just like it's not until these things happen that you're like wow like Now I'm very organized. Like I do not leave the house or I've got like a little bag in the car that's always in there that always has nappies, it always has things for any occasion. Like even now I'm packing a little chair with like a high chair thing so if we're ever out she's got something to sit in when she eats. Like I'm so organized now. But at the start it's like it just takes a little bit to get your head around what you need to always think about. And I think that that's where – like you kind of, in a sense, can sometimes lose a sense of yourself because you're putting you have to, you have to just put your baby first and think about everything that they need before you think about your own needs. And yeah, for me, like I literally had this realization the other day that I don't think I've bought myself a new outfit in a year. Like I've these. 14 months old now. And I'm just like, wow, when was the last pair of jeans I bought or last clothes? And because everything goes for her. And I'm just literally so happy for that because I love dressing her up. But I'm like, wow, I'm just full getting around like the daggiest mum ever. So anyway, we're going to change that. And I'm about to get a new outfit, <laughs> but that is just a side note. <laughs> um, and that kind of leads me into kind of going into the direction of talking about my body post birth and you know a few months after how I kind of felt about all of that so the last few months of my well how many months probably like well the last like month I'd say of my pregnancy when the pre started getting pretty hectic I was so puffy And I kind of wanted to just stop hopping on the scales because I felt like I had so much fluid retention and yeah, you, you know, you're supposed to put on weight when you are pregnant, but for some reason, the concept of putting on like 20 plus kilos, it just blew my mind and I just didn't really even want to know anymore. So I just stopped hopping on the scales, um, and crazy, once I had her, after a couple of days, I lost all my fluid retention and I felt so great. Like, looking at myself a few days post-birth, I was like, wow, like, I've forgotten what I looked like under all this swelling. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, and, yeah, like, I, I felt like I wasn't unrealistic with my body for the first few months or even really now. Um, and with breastfeeding, I didn't find that it just fell off me. So many women had told me you'll be fine. Like, cause I was so puffy and when I'd speak about how much weight that I had put on and I just didn't know if that was normal in my pregnancy, so many people would say to me, it's okay. Like if you're going to breastfeed, it will just fall off you. And that just did not happen. (laughs) I don't know. Does it, uh, does it, yeah, it must be a small percentage of women that it doesn't happen to. I don't know. Maybe it's a larger percentage, but I was definitely not in the percentage where it just falls off. That's for sure. Um, It kind of felt like, I yeah, I lost all my fluid retention at first. And then after a few weeks with the breastfeeding and being constantly starving, I just felt like I then just couldn't budge those last like five kilos for what I was pre-birth. Um, and even now still, I still have that. I have recently weaned Ivy from breastfeeding. Um, she's been, she stopped breastfeeding about a month ago. So yeah, it feels, it does feel crazy for fully having my body back to myself and it is something that I'm still adjusting to because I think after so long you before you go to well for me anyway, before I'd go to consume or eat or drink anything, I would be like, Oh, should I have this? I'm breastfeeding or you know, whatever. Even with facials and stuff, you, you have to be careful about what kind of skin products you're using. So it just feels weird to relax a little bit with what I can do. It's just yeah, it feels good. And yeah, I think Maybe one of the things that I have found to be challenging is, um, I don't know, I think maybe a lot of people do this, but I compare myself sometimes <laughs> to other women on social media who have been able to exercise and just bounce back completely with their bodies or it, it just, if, that's not the case that's how it comes across on social media and so yeah that's been one to kind of get my head around and just to try and remember that I'm on my own journey with it Um, and just finding the time to exercise as well when I have her like I can do stuff on I can do floor like mat work Pilates etc but now that she's walking and everything it's like you if you want to do that you have to have an extra 10 kilo weight which is your child (laughs) on you and helping out so now that she's started daycare i'm hoping to get into a bit bit more of that and just like i am really looking forward to like fully feeling good again you know So, yes, I think that I'm going to wrap this up here because, yeah, I've talked for almost 45 minutes and I just don't know how interesting a solo podcast episode is. So, if you've listened so far, this far, I'm so thankful for you. Um, If you want to reach out and come and have a chat with me about your postpartum experience and your birth experience, and yeah, I really want to get the conversation going a little bit more so women know what to prepare for when they come home from the hospital and you know let's just normalize every way everyone's different feelings in their postpartum journey so if you would like to share your story you can contact me at thepostpartyproject@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can jump over to my instagram which is postpartyproject Um, Yeah, and if you enjoyed this episode, please don't be shy. Give it a five-star review and let me know what you loved about it in your review. Thank you so much.